We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. The purveying prince of NFL analytics, Trevor Sikama, will join me here in just a few minutes to break down his key stats for Saturday's game as the Chiefs host the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Excited to get Trevor's thoughts as he brings his pro football focus stats to give us a little more context of things that we could see in those key matchups in this game. But first, you know the deal. We've got a quick word from our presenting sponsor of KCSN Update, DraftKings. The NFL action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot in an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Looking at the Chiefs right now, they're eight and a half point favorites on Saturday over the Jags with an over under right now at 53. That started at 51 and a half. Curious with some of the weather that might be coming in, if that changes it. Not for me. I think that this will be a high scoring affair. I love to take the over because I love action. Uh, but make sure that you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN as new customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for all of those details. Now let's welcome on the purveying prince of NFL advanced analytics, Trevor Sycama. I'm going to do a new introduction every time, Trevor. How was that? I'm oh I'm updating the resume as we speak. I'm not I'm not looking for a job, but like how do I you know how do I not put that in the resume? So that's gonna that's immediately something that'll get me noticed. So I appreciate it. Every new one that you throw out here, I'm just gonna make note of. And when it comes time, I'm just gonna use that one. Whether it's business yeah. cards, introducing myself with networking, whatever I like the best, I'm gonna use that one. So keep keep coming. I got is you. What I say. 
I've got you. I can get a little video that makes so every time you introduce yourself, you just play this little video. It's got a like <laughs> little little sizzle reel of everything that is Trevor Sickerman. All, all my all my all, all my TV and radio hits are just gonna start with like <laughs> I'm gonna say to him like, Yes, please play this before you introduce me into the show. And it's just gonna be like this video bumper. This it's narcissist this narcissistic video bumper. Please introduce me as the purveying prince of NFL advanced <laughs> analytics. Thank you very much. All right, <laughs> never, before we get in never never look directly into my eyes. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> before we get into some of those <laughs> analytics, let me give your overall thoughts on uh, let's do a little quick recap. We've been talking about them all week, but I want to get your thoughts on what we saw on Wild Card Weekend because I think for everybody that we talked to this week, uh, games were much better uh, than a lot of people had expected, especially on the AFC side for me personally. Um, the Bills and Bengals game were both a lot closer uh, than I think anybody had expected with a couple third-string quarterbacks. But what stood out to you most about Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, other than uh, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers not even mm. showing up to the game, uh, like it was, it was an awesome weekend, and uh, you know there were a lot of really great games. We figured that that would be the case. I mean, even the Ravens without Lamar Jackson gave the Bengals more of a fight fight than I ever thought was going to be the case, right? I mean, it basically comes down to a Tyler Huntley fumble at the goal line and an unbelievable 98-yard return by Sam Hubbard for the Bengals to actually uh, get above the 50% win percentage column for that game. So. That game was was incredible. Certainly the Giants and the Vikings game going back and forth the entire game. And what Brian Dable has done with that offense, I think he's going to make it such a fun matchup between them and the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. I can't believe that game is a seven and a half point spread. Like I get it. Yeah. You got you to give the Eagles their respect. They've been an absolute machine all year long. But Jalen Hurts still coming off of injury. You know, whether or not he's on the injury report and it was it was never a risk that he wasn't gonna play. He's still coming off of that injury. You know, Lane Johnson's coming off to the of the injury. Giants are hot, man. I just love what I saw from the Giants, and I feel like they give the Eagles the best matchup anyway. So I really do feel other than the Chargers epically collapsing against the Jags right. to give us um a little bit of a better team by team matchup in the AFC. I think the, the the right teams won, if you will. The right teams won to make this next round everything that it could be, close competitions all around. So I mean it was just it was just a blast to watch. The playoffs are so much fun because you go into you go from the regular season where, yeah, you got NFL red zone on and there's some games you don't really have to pay attention to to like every play matters of every single game. And the cool part is for those people who are on social media, we're all watching the same thing at one time we're yeah. all watching the same game and so like when you see people going crazy about a play or you're going back and forth with somebody on social media about it we all know exactly what we're talking about so that that's always a cool thing yeah. for me anything that kind of unites the timeline and we're all watching the same things it's it's always a good time i think i don't know if the same quick side story because when you watch when it's like a noon nfl start and you follow so many nfl people sometimes it's just like shorthand like little comments and you don't know what game they're watching or what they're talking about <laughs> right, right. So it's like i don't like not a it's just like not a flag right like, <laughs> call i'll be like what game is this what call was this and now everybody kind of uh understands it all at the same time so yeah that's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. and all of the games this week, I think, are going to be a beautiful thing to watch because, uh, to your point, I don't think outside of the way the Jags game went down, not a lot of surprises. Uh, even though the Giants game could on paper be seen as an upset over the Vikings, everyone that I was watching had picked the Giants to win that game uh, over the over the Vikings, at least from what I saw. So not a huge shocker there, but some good games this weekend, and obviously we're going to uh, get your key stats here for the Chiefs game against the Jags. We've been talking about this. And even on this show right here on Wednesday, Brett Coleman came in with uh, his film-based 
uh, thoughts and kind of riled up Chiefs Kingdom a little bit, not going to lie, for everybody who's watching this and kind of, I don't say threw a wet blanket on me as I was feeling all confident as he came in. <laughs> and everything he was saying was on the Jags offense versus the Chiefs defense, feeling like mm-hmm. there's a little bit more meat on the bone for the Jags to make some plays on that side. So let's save that for the second half of this show with you right here. Let's start with the Chiefs offense. I know one of the key matchups has to do with the offensive line and those Jags pass rushers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm here on this show to be able to take a lot of the PFF-centric stats and kind of bring it to the conversation, right? Bring a lot of context in um, to what we're talking about and how we're previewing these games. And I know I sound like a broken record because we I've talked about this all year long, but when you talk about the important parts of the game, one and loss in the trenches, it's an old cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. It's because it's true. When you look at these matchups, that's always where I go first. What's the pass rush like? What's the pass protection like? Are you blocking up front well enough for run fits? Things like that. And so when I look at the Chiefs, unfortunately, I go back to what happened during the regular season. Both Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley, top 10 in the NFL for all offensive linemen in total pressures allowed. Uh, Orlando Brown had 46 pressures allowed on the year. Wiley had 49. And the Jags pass rush is really coming along, man. It, 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 individually, I would say outside of Josh Allen, it probably doesn't strike a lot of fear in the eyes of especially fan bases that they're going up against. But when this team is collective as a unit and when it's Roy Robertson-Harris and mm-hmm. Arden Key and Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker and Fulafudu Kasi and Devin, and Devin Lloyd behind him, like when it becomes, oh, shoot, Ra- Rayshon Jenkins is a safety, right? Because they get creative with that stuff too. Yeah. Once it becomes like a total team pass rush, all of a sudden, Jags are formidable. They're a pretty dang good pass rushing unit. So... My key, my first key in this one is how they are going to get matchups against Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley. Now, I start, obviously, with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, 67 pressures this year. Really nice year from him. 17.5 pass rush win percentage. He is the most polished, polished individual pass rusher on the team. If there's going to be somebody that can clearly win one-on-one consistently on the outside against these offensive tackles, it feels like it's going to be Josh Allen. Trayvon Walker on the other side, of course, number one overall pick, but he was a rookie. The narrative around him was hyper-athlete, great run defender, pass rush was going to take some time. He only had 36 pressures this year and an 11.0 pass rush win rate. So for him, it's going to be more of he might get one or two reps all game long where he just Mm -hmm. lets that alien athleticism show up. (laughs) And if you just make sure that you don't let those plays wreck you, you could probably handle his pass rush a little bit. But I'll say, too, when I was watching the Chargers game, I was impressed with so many other names that I named earlier, especially Arden Key. Like, what they are doing with Arden Key, who felt like he was this, you know, miscast kind of player, you know, an edge rusher coming out of LSU, then he puts on a little bit more weight, he becomes a guy who can, you can kick inside, he can be a little bit more of a power player too. Now it feels like he's really coming into his own and that dude won quickly one-on-one on the interior against the Chargers often, especially down the stretch. And all of Mm -hmm. a sudden, it has become a, you know, when you, when you mentioned Roy Robertson Harrison and, uh, and Arden Key, I don't think anybody in the NFL is like, Okay, like the, like those guys aren't don't, they don't really scare me. But again, if yeah. you take the Jags as an entire pass rush unit collectively, they are a sneaky good group to go after the pocket. We've of course talked about on this show before how well Patrick Mahomes does under pressure. But the thing is, 
you don't want to play with fire, right? For as much as he's great out of structure, he can be great beyond the tackles. He can be great when pressure's in his face. You don't want to play with fire in that regard. And especially, you don't want to get in a spot where the Jags are winning with four up front. Right, if they're yeah. sending extra guys to the pocket, I think a lot of the best of Patrick Mahomes, if you will, when he is under pressure, is teams saying, okay, we've got to allocate other resources to attacking the trenches. So a slot corner will come on a blitz, a linebacker will come on a blitz, a safety will come down. And Pat is so good at recognizing where the holes in the defense are as somebody's coming to attack the pocket from outside of what would be the front four. If you get into a situation where Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, whoever it is, is effectively getting in Mahomes' face without extra players in the blitz, that's where you might get in trouble. And so my key point in this game is the Jags do have players where that can be the case. And so that all of a sudden becomes a really big matchup. If they can get home with four in, in, in other ways, then of course the rest of the defense can act as a cohesive unit behind them. So that's yeah. kind of that's kind of my first point here. Yeah, and obviously a lot of good stuff in there, a lot to unpack. Roy Robertson-Harris is the guy that stood out to me in that game against the Chargers. Just felt like for a player that didn't know a whole lot about, just was standing out like crazy. And, and talking with Brett on Wednesday, pretty sure he's pulling stats from PFF uh, Ultimate, was that the Jags, this was in terms of, I was asking him about Trevor Lawrence because it felt like the Chargers on multiple occasions had completely free unblocked rushers running at trevor lawrence and my question to him was is that more a sign of communication up front with the offensive line or is that trevor lawrence is still a young player learning how to set protections and id everything correctly and get things set so they don't have free rushers because you just don't see that with these high level quarterbacks you don't see free rushers coming a lot and brett's point was both the chargers and the Jags were two of the best in the NFL at creating those scenarios in which they'd get a free rusher. And he mentioned the Jags are actually number one in the NFL um, with their fire zone, like being able to schematically uh, with Caldwell get free rushers. And he said, mm -hmm. I think it's like one and a half times a game that they send a completely free rusher at the quarterback, which means they're disguising things well, they're doing it very well. So even if they aren't getting pressure with four, if you can disguise it and get a free rusher at Patrick Mahomes, someone who prides himself more than anything on setting the protections correctly. If you've heard Patrick Mahomes talk about this, it's his most important thing going into every game or making sure the protection calls and the blitz calls and all of that is everyone is 100% on the same page. And so, yeah, good stuff there. Let's uh, switch or yeah, switch to the other side and talk about the Chiefs defense and going up against Travis Etienne. Because I've said all week, the most impressive thing to me with the J the Jags win over the Chargers in that comeback wasn't necessarily Trevor Lawrence. Not that he was bad, but I was more impressed with all of their skill guys, their yards after the catch with mm -hmm. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram showing out. Um, but the other guy you got to be aware of in that running game is Travis Etienne. Yeah, uh, one last thing about what we were just talking about. Jags, 26 total pressures last week, number one <laughs> of any team that was playing in wildcard weekend. So they were tied for first in that category, and that just kind of goes as to more evidence of how good they are as a unit. But okay, yeah, moving on to Jags offense, Chiefs defense as a matchup here. We we always love to talk about yards after contact, right? As as more of an advanced stat. You don't just go rushing yards. You go like yards after contact because people like to talk about that to individualize great performances from certain running backs. I'm going to talk about yards before contact, which I would hmm. say is a is a big point for this game specifically. Travis Etienne at 109 rushing yards 
last week, 58 of those yards came only only 58 of those yards came after contact, which means 46.8% of his yards came before contact. That means the Jags offensive line was really solid in opening up those running lanes and allowing him to get momentum, stick his foot in the ground, get upfield. Normally, I think you're looking around somewhere like low 30s-ish of yards before contact. That's probably, I think, a good number to go off of. But there have been a couple of times where ETNs had high 40s, low 50s percentage because of how well the Jags have been blocking up their run game. Now you take that against, okay, well, how have the Chiefs been in their run fits? Well, Chiefs are 20th in the NFL this year in a stat that we have at PFF called average depth of tackle, which is kind of what you think. How far beyond the line of scrimmage are they bringing a ball carrier down? 4.27 yards after the line of scrimmage, which is 20th in the NFL. So bottom half of the NFL there for the Kansas City Chiefs. Run fits are going to be incredibly important. Bottling up Travis Etienne is going to be incredibly important because the the more you allow him to get yards before contact, the faster this guy gets, the more dangerous this guy gets, right? You mm-hmm. have, you've got to be able to bottle him up before he can even get going because we know what Travis Etienne can do once he gets into the open field. And we know that run games aren't just individual running back talent. It's a total unit. It's the big boys up front making sure that there's holes, gaps for him to get through. Um, they like to get to green, you know, all the cliches and all the sayings there. But for mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, I think that's just the biggest thing. You've got to be able to ha- maintain your gap integrity. For the Chiefs, I know they've got fast linebackers. I know they've got guys that can get from sideline to sideline. They like those players there. But even the players up front, defensive line, they've got to be gap sound all game long. Because if, if, if they are not, ETN is one of those players who, if you break contain, if you break discipline, if you break where you're supposed to be in your run fits, he'll find it and he will go. He is the kind of running back who could put his foot in the ground and immediately get upfield. And all of a sudden you're talking about first downs, 20 yards downfield um, and big chunk plays that you just don't want to have. So limiting those yards acquired before contact, make Travis Etienne earn the yards that he is going to accumulate this game, I think is going to be huge for him. Do you have, I want to ask about this because it's been a conversation around Chiefs Kingdom with this kind of stat specifically. I know you talked about team oriented with the Chiefs being 20th in the NFL, mm-hmm. but for individual players, because Nick Bolton has had a phenomenal season as far as total number of tackles. He gets his hands on you, you are going down. But it's been a very polarizing discussion because a lot of people in, People with KC Sports Network and people that are watching film uh, that also cover the Chiefs have talked about the fact that they feel like there's multiple times in which or a lot of times in which Bolton's making a tackle, but not necessarily getting downhill and meeting the ball carrier for like a negative loss where he's Mm. gaining a tackle. But if it's six, seven yards down the field, it doesn't really matter um, as far as like rewarding the player with a statistic that we use to promote him or to say good things about him. So no one's saying he's not a good player, but there's a polarizing discussion happening. Do you have any information regarding Nick Bolton uh, specifically as far as like average depth of, you know, contact or tackle or anything like that. So Bolton is now I've, I've, I've given the stats some context because we have it in a database and you kind of just like sort it different ways. So these Mm -hmm. are for linebackers only in the NFL that have played at least 100 run defense snaps this year. Nick Bolton is ranked 46th out of a eligible 94 linebackers within that category. So he's right around middle of the pack 
and his okay. average depth of tackle is 3.96. So hmm. it's a little bit less than the Chiefs average, but you, you got to understand like uh, a, a, t- a team average is always going to be higher because you you've got chunk runs and secondary players yeah. that are coming up to to make tackles and things like that. So uh, he's yeah. right around the middle of the pack. Um, and obviously, like he, I know you guys have some fantastic um, writers and analysts who do a lot of mm-hmm. film watching. And um, role of the linebackers obviously go into a, a statistic like average step to tackle. You know, are they triggering downhill incredibly quick? Like, for example, yeah. um, Zayvon Collins from – hold on. Let me, let me make sure I pull this up correctly. Zayvon Collins from Arizona. Mm-hmm. He has an average depth of tackle of 1.63, right? So it's, it, I mean, like it's inc- it's incredibly close to the line of scrimmage. But Zayvon Collins also has a run defense grade of just a 42.9. So like overall, huh. it's not like he's this major difference maker in the run game. It's kind of his role. That to me, those two numbers right there, and you don't want to make too many assumptions. I would take those numbers and then I would like to watch the film myself. But that tells me that when I watch the film, what I think I'm going to see is they're telling him to go downhill. Like that yeah. is his role on the play. And sometimes it'll get, sometimes it'll hit, sometimes it won't, sometimes it'll hit the right gap, sometimes he won't. Like it, clearly the the run defense grade being as low as it is makes me think that okay, there's more mistakes there than you, than you would believe. But that's just to say that average depth of tackle is a good stat to have in context with other performances. So that's yeah. where I'm at with uh with Nick Bolton. He's right that around the middle of the pack for that number. Yeah, and I think that's what most people are not saying he's awful in one area. I think so many people nowadays, like you want to make a point about something, it's it's you're all in or all out on something. It's like, no, there's just there's a nuanced discussion here. It's the dumbest trend in our society to be who can who can be the loudest and the boldest on either side. And it's just it is something that drives me absolutely insane. I think in fair to be right down the middle uh, and to give both sides of this discussion fair, I think it's people talking about his tackle total saying first team all pro, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, which is a fair statement. And then there's people who are watching the film saying, if you're going to say this guy is one of the best linebackers in the NFL, you want to see him get downhill mm-hmm. more. But it's not a recognition thing because when you talk to the coaches and his teammates, that nobody knows the defense better than Nick Bolton. And nobody gets everybody lined up and doing all of the things. And so we don't on the outside necessarily know exactly, to your point, the schemes, the way that they're being asked. Some of that stuff could be run blitzes where it's kind of affecting their ability and they're being told to go. Uh, And we don't know some of that. But again, it's just that difference of saying, if you're going to put this guy in the top two conversation of linebackers in the NFL, we would like to see this one area be at more of an elite level for that position of getting downhill and making tackles around the line. And for him to be right in the middle, that makes all the sense in the world. We'll get more from Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus right after this. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to KCSN Update. I'm BJ Kissel. Hanging out with pro football folks is Trevor Sikama, giving us his key stats going into this. We've already talked about the Chiefs' offensive tackles against the Jags' pass rushers. We've talked run fits and Travis Etienne and the Chiefs' defense. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, the chosen one, the guy that's never lost a football game on a Saturday, everybody's favorite stat all week, uh, Trevor Lawrence against this Chiefs defense. Uh, I'm sure Chris Jones' name is going to come up here, Trevor. He's he's never he's never lost a game on a Saturday? He's, you haven't heard this? He's no, never lost a game no, on a Saturday no, like in I, his life. Oh, look, I'm sure, I'm sure if that's the case, then Chiefs fans have heard it a billion times this week. But uh, no, yeah. I have not heard that. That's um, Doug Peterson was asked about it, and he was basically like, I don't want to hear about that. that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Doug, it. Doug would not. Okay, so. Very much a media fun thing to talk of, about. Of I'm course. sure the broadcast will talk about it of multiple it's, times. It's yeah, as if what he did his freshman year at Clemson has anything to do with what he's going to do against with the Chiefs this week. Like it's it those stats are always so funny to me. Oh, you know, the uh Buccaneers are uh, five and zero oh, lifetime against the Cowboys. Most of the games coming in the seventies. Oh, glad that <laughs> yeah. glad that has anything to do with this matchup. <laughs> anything yeah. at all. So. Anyways, that was uh had to get that off my chest there. Look, my yeah, last six straight against the Jags, like dating back to like 2006 or whatever it is. Right. Like, does that right. matter at all? Yeah. Uh, so anyways, the category that I wanted to talk about was, in fact, uh, about Trevor Lawrence. And it has to be. And the reason why it has to be is because there is such a massive gap between when Trevor Lawrence is a clean pocket and when Trevor Lawrence is pressured, when he has a fully clean pocket, when there is not a pressure to be found around him, he has an elite 91.4 PFF passing grade. He had 25 big time throws and just five turnover worthy plays. When you let this guy be clean, he is amazing. He is the quarterback that everyone talked about throughout the scouting process, what he could be in the NFL back when he was even at Clemson. Like he is this guy. When you don't pressure him and when you don't, do not get in his face, his arm talent truly shines. Now on the flip side, when you pressure Trevor Lawrence, instead of 24 big time throws, six big time throws instead of um, five turnover worthy plays. It's 15 turnover worthy plays. So the percentage of incredible play to dangerous play is wild. And in fact, his PFF passing grade under pressure, 30.9. There is a 60 point swing when you do not pressure Trevor Lawrence versus when you pressure Trevor Lawrence. That is the biggest gap of any player in the NFL. This game wow. is in Arrowhead. 
this game has players like Chris Jones. This give this game has has uh, defense coordinator like Spags and just what he is going to do to attack the line of scrimmage. And I feel like especially early on, they're going to get that a lot. They're going to try to rattle Trevor Lawrence as much as possible. And we even saw it last week, right? Four picks yeah. in the first half. Now, not all of them were like straight up Trevor Lawrence's fault, but like four turnovers in the first half. Come on. That just goes to show you even go back a week before, right? The reason why I didn't have a ton of faith in the Jags beating the Chargers is because you go back to that Titans game and there were a handful of moments that Lawrence just was not ready for. There were throws mm-hmm. to be had. There were things that he could have done and he just didn't deliver. That doesn't mean he'll never deliver. It doesn't mean he can't come become the guy that will become that uh, cold-blooded assassin, if you will. But it was his right. first big moment in the NFL. You know, at home, playoffs on the line. He didn't exactly play his best game. You go against the, the Chargers, first half, yeah, certainly did not play his best game. I have a hard time believing that going on the road in Kansas City, it's going to be different enough. Now, maybe he got some of that out of his system, and maybe we will see just a better Trevor Lawrence than what we have over the last two weeks. I would hope so. I think that that would make for a fun game. But there is no doubt about it that if you get to this guy, his script all year long has read as a player who cannot handle pressure. He, yeah. he just cannot handle pressure this year. He is not there yet as a quarterback. And I want everybody to know that that is okay. That is the journey that every quarterback is on. But at this point in time for this weekend's game, that's how you beat him. No quarterback in the NFL has a bigger discrepancy of success to failure than he does when it comes to dialing up pressure. And I think that the Chiefs have to know that. They've got to attack him early and often as 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 the as they are hyped up at the beginning of the game, as the emotions are flowing, get after him. Get after the pocket, make him make mistakes early, and make him second-guess himself for the rest of the game. And I think that's the script that you got to have to win. Yeah, and obviously we're, we're guessing uh, at this point. I love those stats, and it's it's very similar to the the points that I made this week. And that I think maybe even you were the one who said it was either you or Brett had told me this earlier in the year, um, probably leading into that Week Ten matchup, that Trevor Lawrence remind uh, them of you know a young Josh Allen, and that Josh Allen before he kind of became a polished player, big arm made some big plays, made some mistakes, probably better um, under pressure uh, if we're being fair. Uh, but when I watch Trevor Lawrence, I don't see, I didn't see a big time playmaker. I saw a player that could get rattled. Right. Granted he had four interceptions in the first half, but yeah, see a player that could get rattled. The The free rusher thing just bothered me because I'm so used to watching Mahomes, and that just doesn't happen with Patrick Mahomes that again, a young player. And then, Talking about pressure, you're going on the road to a hostile environment anyway. Right. You're going right. up against Patrick Mahomes, going up against Steve Spagnolo, who loves to blitz, loves to go cover zero and just send the house at you and give all that pressure to you. Why would you come out and say that the Jaguars, that the Duval was as loud as Arrowhead? Like, why do that? I don't know, Trevor, if you saw this comment, but he basically they asked him about the noise at Arrowhead, and he goes, I can't imagine it's going to be any louder than what it was at our game last week. <laughs> Uh, that was, <sighs> he probably is going to wish he had that one back. Look, it's his, it's his, it's his first playoffs. He's try he's trying to like be that confident dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he's trying, yeah. he's trying to act like nothing's going to rattle him and I respect it. But unfortunately I just don't think that's going to be the case. Kansas city is one of the few stadiums in the NFL that I would say like is comparable. And I, I haven't even been, I just know because people have said enough. People have said this. It is comparable to, an incredible college football environment, right? Where you've mm-hmm. got like 100,000 yep. people in the stadium and, and the noise is just absolutely deafening and things like that. And so, I, you know, he he played big games at Clemson. You know, he's played a, a, plenty of big sure. games throughout college football. So he gets noise. But for you to say that, maybe, uh, 
Maybe you should have kept that one to yourself. For a guy that loves to be, let's just say, like, I loves to be comfortable. He's at his best when he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's going to an environment that's not going to be comfortable. That's going to be between 32 and 35 degrees and sleeting slash snowing slash raining and going up and against aggressive defense with a defensive player of the year candidate after insulting a fan base that takes things like this very personally, he might as well come out and just said barbecue sucks at this point. <laughs> like he may have just said Kansas city barbecue sucks because you do not talk about Arrowhead not being loud. I don't care if people on the outside make fun of it. It is our thing and you just don't do it. And so I guarantee you that the chiefs in-house stadium crew will have that clip that plays before Trevor Lawrence goes under center, a little Mm. sizzle video for about 20 seconds Mm. is going to be Trevor Lawrence saying, I don't think it's that loud. And then there's going to be a beat drop. And all of a sudden that place is going to erupt. And I swear to you, Trevor, if there is like a false start or anything that even remotely lets this fan base know or believe that they made an impact early in this game, it will build and build and build for a game that everybody locally is kind of waiting for the Bills, Bengals, not saying they're overlooking them, but from a fan base, we can talk about that because we're not the ones playing. You just riled up a fan base that could have been, you know, don't wake up the sleeping giant. Like you didn't need to say that. And it might not have been what it's going to be now. So should just let sleeping dogs lie. So anyway, Trevor, before I let you go, give me a prediction for what you think is going to go down with this game between the chiefs and Jags on Saturday. Um, you know, obviously, there's two ways that this can go with how Jack Smoke can play. I don't think it's going to be a train wreck from him. I, I I don't know why I have this in my head, but I feel like the last two games of struggles from Trevor Lawrence are more of him getting those two out of his system rather than like this is going to be the trend the whole time. So I'll okay. air. So I'll air on the side of Jags twenty three, Chiefs. 34 i'll say they win by 11 and i'll say that the jags do because i was the big the big question mark here was do i think the jags are going to get into the 20s and i actually do so i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna say 34 23 kansas city chiefs i said 38 20 so we're very close i think the chiefs do end up covering and i do think that they hit the over. I do think, I don't even care about the weather. I think that both teams and for trusting Brett and what he says from a film study standpoint and Mm -hmm. understanding that uh, we haven't talked about this, but the fourth down decision-making and a lot of the, this is house money for a team that was three and 14 a year ago with Doug Peterson uh, taking over this year and being a coach of the year candidate. They have got nothing to lose. Doug Peterson is not going to be criticized for any decision that he makes in this game. No. And so f- we saw onside kick to open up the game last time they played. Doug Peterson knows you can't go possession for possession with the team that he's Correct. coaching right now and try and beat the Chiefs. So Steve Spagnuolo's fourth down play call sheet needs to be a little bigger than normal because I have a feeling he's going to be calling a lot more fourth down defenses than he had in the past. Special teams, fake punts, fake field goals. I looked it up. Jags punter, three for three on passes in his career. So Mm. not afraid to chuck it. Never know what's going to happen, but I fully expect some weird stuff uh, to go down in this game, which means it's going to be hopefully a fun one for all of us to watch here in Chiefs Kingdom. But Trevor Sykema from Pro Football Focus, you can catch him every day on It's Just Football, his podcast with fellow PFF purveyor of NFL Advanced Analytics, Mike Renner. We appreciate you, my friend, and... uh, Yeah, we'll talk soon. Hopefully next week, talking about a Chiefs dub. Yeah, appreciate it, BJ. Talk then. All right. Appreciate everybody for listening, watching, spending part of your Friday afternoon or Saturday morning with us. Go Chiefs. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. 
Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.